Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by beat reporter Jim Thomas of the Post-Dispatch. Our friend Tom Timmerman is on assignment, so it'll just be JT and myself talking about the Blues, and they're not in a good place, Jim. They lose the first two games in Colorado, and they lose defenseman Justin Falk and Robert Bortuzzo to uh, apparent concussions. Uh, Things aren't looking good for our heroes, Jim. No, no. Uh, it, we knew this was going to be an uphill battle. I think all along, Jeff, you you feared this matchup more than Vegas. And boy, it sure looks like you're right. Right now, they just can't uh, they can't hang with uh, with Colorado. Uh, there's the uh, Colorado skating's been mesmerizing. I mean, what a player McKinnon is. But really, last night's game, I think, was more. I, I pointed out in my 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 game story, which you can folks can still read on stltoday.com. It was as much the Net front presence. Boy, that has a familiar sound with that, those, those words. But uh, time and time again, they got people in front of the net, to be it Landeskog, be it uh, uh, Jonas uh, Dornsky, and, and uh, uh, they, made, uh, they made the Blues play. Poor, poor Bennington. I don't, I don't think he saw any of those shots. Yeah, you know, it's, it's part skill, part luck. I mean, um, it's amazing when you look at those shots from the back view camera angle. It's amazing they got through, JT, but they did. And, I mean, just through arms and legs and then, again, the great screens in front. So part skill, part luck. But um, I guess, as uh, Craig Ruby said after the game, the, the key is it'd be nice to get in front of some of those shots. I mean, we're not talking about the most the nastiest shots of all time, uh, but um, they weren't blocked. They got through, and they went, up and went in the net. Yeah, yeah, and he was uh... – uh, he was more upset, I think, with that than the fact that they uh, uh, that the Blues really didn't box out. But I, I do have to say that uh, I just again, uh, uh, I, I this this will be one of the things that when we think about this defense and they're they're going to end up if you throw in the playoffs, they ended up just below three goals a game. But they're they're over three goals a game now. But when we look back at the defense, they just not as stout in front of the net as uh, the past teams, the more recent teams. And, and okay, you can say, okay, there's no Petro, there's no Bo Meester, but there are a lot of guys that were still around from, from last year. And there, there's, I guess, four or five defenders who are around from the Stanley Cup team. So it's, it's puzzling why they're not tougher, stouter in front of the net. But, yeah, he was – I think he was more upset about, as you mentioned, Jeff, that they didn't uh, – they didn't get out on the shots. And there was one time where uh, McKinnon was more is kind of his favorite spot in the center of the ice, kind of up by the blue line. And uh, O'Reilly was, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 feet. And he just kind of, he just kind of almost stared at him. It was like, he was almost afraid to go up on McKinnon for fear that McKinnon would skate around him or something. But a couple of the shots were like that. And uh, yeah, you're right. A couple of those goals were not like screamers, you know, were blistering shots or anything so uh uh a strange night really a strange day all around for the blues in this strange season yeah and let's talk about the the loss of the two defensemen because this is this is not going to make it any easier robert bortuzzo catches a an elbow from tyson jost and then the flying uh, headshot by uh, nazim cadre who probably won't be seen again in this series as he's facing an nhl discipline is a repeat offender, and that was as, as, as egregious as it gets. But without these two guys, you're talking about the potential of hoping Vince Dunn can play and um, 
Yeah, and what else you have? What, the great Santini making his Yeah, you got the great Santini. And what if Dunn's not available? And both of these guys are out, uh, Bortuzzo and Falk. What are you down to? Because uh, uh, Baruby said last night that he said, uh, in a rare bit of candor as far as COVID, he said Wallman will not be available uh, Friday. So you look at that roster and the next man up, Again, this is if Dunn can't play, and he's missed what he missed the last 11 regular season games, two playoff games, and unlucky 13. Uh, Mitch Renke is your, your yeah. next guy off the bench, who I believe played one game one when game. he came out of college. What was that? That was about 17, 18, 18, 19, one, one of those years. So, as the kids say, it's been, it's been, it's been a minute, and I sure I sure don't expect uh, Bortuzzo and Falk, especially, especially uh, – uh, Falk, but maybe equally Bortuzzo because he's he, he's had a concussion uh, already this season, concussion and facial injuries in the very first game, and was out a, 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 a fair amount. And my goodness, Falk, I think we, we anyone would agree, hands down, has been the best uh, their best defenseman this season, logged all kinds of minutes. And Bortuzzo, you know, he he got back in the lineup right when they started that eight. Uh, uh, what was it eight, one, and three? Uh, finishing kick. It added, you know, some snarly play, uh, aggressiveness, and uh, for him to be out there, yeah, that's whew, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and he's probably the most willing shot blocker of the D men, and that is something that again, going yeah. back to what the chief had to say, exactly what he's looking for. And so you lose your shot blocker and a guy with snarl, a guy that, and also you're really your true number one defenseman who's been physical and solid. Uh, in every way, you know, again, he's not at the level of the cup level blues D, but he is, has played so well. And um, against the team that has been just backing the blues in with speed and then sustaining pressure with traffic. Mm-hmm. I don't know, JT, I'm trying to draw up a scenario that offers some hope to our listeners, but um, you can kind of see where this might be headed. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I'm just wondering, can the blues win uh, one of one of two here here uh, uh, at home because I just uh, you know let's face it Colorado is the better team I, I I guess in the big picture this is maybe probably for our season ender which may be coming up sooner than we 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 think uh, uh, how did uh, you know last year the 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 Blues were ahead of Colorado they were ahead of Vegas now barely ahead of Colorado if we remember uh, pre pandemic pause. Uh, uh, they were neck and neck, but how do those teams pass the the Blues uh, so quickly? But again, maybe maybe that's a subject for after this is all over. You know, when you mentioned Bortuzzo and blocking shots, you made me think of uh, Oscar Sundquist, who was really a good shot blocker on on the penalty kill, uh, where he would maybe potentially uh, be out front. And uh, just in in all situations, it, it 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 made me think how much they miss Oscar Sundquist, but not even a. a and a healthy Oscar Sundquist, I think, would uh, would help out here. Yeah, it's a, it doesn't look pretty. You know, they, I think it was encouraging how they played the last half of the game, but with, that would be maybe the glass half full. You know, Ryan O'Reilly, who's always been optimist, talked about how, you know, maybe we found our game and and, and how to play these guys. But, you know, <laughs> Doug Armstrong has, has a phrase for this, too. He calls it loser hockey. Okay, you'll, you you fall down big, you know, fall behind big, and then you, you play well, but not well enough to get 
get back in the game. And, and so, yeah, I, I don't know, Jeff. I think when you look at the big picture and that'll be certainly something we will uh, down the road in that front, if you look at the team, you know, maybe, maybe two guys played up to their uh, or exceeded their probably two guys slightly exceeded their expectations of O'Reilly and, and Perron. Um, overall, I think you would add Falk would be number three to mm-hmm. that. And then you start looking down the list and uh, either guys came up a little short, like maybe Tory Krug or fell off the face of the planet, you know, and I, and I look at guys like, I, I just shake my head going back over some of the players, you know, obviously Tarasenko has not been able to make any, any sort of comeback from his injury. Right. Robert Thomas was a really good player last year and you forget how uh, effective he, you know, and then boy, he has been, and he's been, he's been borderline useless uh, this yeah. season. Injuries Significantly disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, you go down the list, you know, and, and Colton Franco is not the same guy because of the injuries and, and it just, and then guys missing and, uh, you know, of course, you don't have Perron for this. And, and it's just it's just been the, the season, uh, JTF. I guess it, it sort of encapsulated in watching this um, playoff series where you lose Perron to COVID, who you absolutely needed. Uh, you get a couple of untimely injuries. And it just – it just and the team isn't quite where it needed to be to start with. It just sort of sums up, you know, the whole experience this year. It's been an odd year. Yeah, it's been a very odd year. I would throw I would throw Jordan Cairo into the kind of maybe exceeded expectations, but uh, yeah, you know there was a a, a play uh, if you had a snapshot of maybe Robert Thomas's season, and it uh, it led I, I believe it was the first power play uh, goal, but uh, it's it's early in the game and he's got the puck in his own end. Remember the delay of game? Oh yeah. He had time. He had space. There was no need for him to one to get rid of the puck, much less flip it over the glass. He could have skated out. He could have just waited. And uh, I, you know, in some ways, that that summed up uh, that summed up the guy's season. And there were moments like that. I pointed out a couple of them in the story. Just frustrating moments, like the okay, the Blues do battle back. They make it three to two. It's like wow, they got some momentum. Uh, and then there's a play down the ice and Tory Krug. And I realized that at that point, they've been playing with just four defensemen and playing with just four defensemen for a little bit, but it looked like it was his puck. Uh, somehow it looked like he had the angle somehow ranting and who's pretty big guy beats him to the puck, gets the puck and then bam, bam, boom, like four seconds later, it's in the blues net. And, We've seen that, uh, or I've seen, I've noticed that a few times over the course of the season on those plays where you're going back to retrieve. I, I don't want to say Krug is coasting, but it's like, it just seems like he he should have got there faster and the other team uh, ends up with a puck. So that's an example of, uh, you know, a puck battle that I thought really shouldn't have even been a battle. A little thing like that leads to a goal. And the other thing, kind of the uh, yin and the yang of uh, Mike Hoffman, Blisters that shot off the rush for the goal. And then uh, down the stretch in six on five, uh, he doesn't even breathe on Brandon Sod. And then Chief Baruby was, you could tell in his comments, he was really upset with that. He said, you got to kill that play. You, you got to get on that play. And he, ju- he just didn't. He just kind of circled around, didn't touch Sod. And Sod makes a 105-foot empty net goal, 5-3. And that that was the game, you know. And, and uh, uh Little things like that, that even the Blues of last year, we, we just didn't see stuff like that as frequently as we see it this season. 
Yeah, and that's going to be the, uh, you know, uh, talking about Hoffman, you know, you, you see this team desperately needs his weapon because they had guys that were frankly, to, other than Cairo, who's creating a, his shot and taking a shot with his great speed, Hoffman looking for a shot. There just wasn't a lot of, a lot of guys getting, generating much, getting shots through, uh, being dangerous. So at least he has the shot. But, and, you know, I mean, at times he plays okay uh, mm-hmm. overall. But, yeah then you have that moment with the game on the line and you're in an absolutely desperate situation. And you didn't really play desperate hockey there, which was kind of the, the, the mantra for this group when they won the cup and they, every shift they were desperate. And that's why they won. Even when they had a terrible game, they came back the next game and because they never lost that edge. And so I don't know what to make of, I mean, it just, it sums up the unevenness of, of, of Hoffman just again, sums up his, his year, maybe his career, but also this team. Yeah. Yeah. If you wonder maybe why he was still out there, granted there were, uh, uh, you know, there were uh, cap considerations, wonder why he was out there and he got only air quotes 4 million. That, that last play kind of, uh, kind of showed that. Now, looking back, going back to the D the, I guess uh, if there was a positive um, Colton Preco having to play all those minutes, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he tried to rise to the occasion Actually saw him throw a firm body <laughs> check on the wall and, and, and toppled uh, Kale McCarr. I was like, whoa, which, you, which, you know, familiar topic here on the net front, that sort of thing can happen all the time. But uh, so I thought, you know, he, he showed some signs of the old Colton Breakup, which is you're going to need a lot more than signs of that next year. But then I guess the disappointment would be uh, Marco Scandell. I know he's not Jay Bowmeister. He was just forced to play the Joe, Jay Bowmeister role because of, the timing of his arrival and Jay's demise, but well, he just, he gives up a lot of real estate against the rush. And yeah. I think we're seeing the, you know, I guess a lot of people do against Colorado make no mistake about that. But uh, you know, he was real noticeable, man. They, uh, they back up and they give up ice against uh, when, when that land, the, the lands get skating, the blues are in trouble. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I was curious about that because you don't know how much TV shows so often, and I even asked uh, Baruby about this. Uh, uh, I, I think it was uh, uh, between games one and two, just, you know, he wants him to four check. He wants him to maintain position, but uh, possession, but so many times I see those uh, both demon backing out when there's a right as a loose puck comes, you know, kind of in the, the middle of the ice of the blues ozone. But, but it's too late. Instead of pinching in, the de- defensemen are backing out, and you're kind of betwixt and between. You'll want to forecheck. You'll want to keep the puck in, but, boy, you, you don't want to be on your heels when, when the, uh, the, the Colorado, the, you know, their, their four-by-four relay team starts, uh, starts going up the ice. And Scandella, uh, he was apparently, again, we got no official confirmation basically on anything. Braden Sen, Shen was the spokesman on – uh, basically what happened with the COVID testing uh, uh, mix up, but you know, I Scandella's got something bothering him right now. I mean, he, he, uh, he missed the morning skate for maintenance reasons on Monday. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, that's what happened uh, yesterday as well. So you factor that in, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's had some issues. I mean, some instances, long stretches, a very solid play, but lately, uh, not so much, and and, and not even in, in giving up real estate on the rush. I mean, one of those goals from uh, distance, uh, uh, he's the nearest guy to, and I, I 
this might have been one of the goals when uh, uh, Landeskog was the guy blotting out uh, Jordan Bennington like a like a solar eclipse. But he uh, Scandella was there, but instead of worrying about Landeskog or whoever the Colorado and just even trying to move him out at all, he's watching the puck. And I I, I don't know, it's it's just, it's just it was kind of mind boggling to watch that happen over and over and over again uh, uh, last night. So again, as dazzling as, as Colorado's skating was again for much of last night, it was the greasy, uh, it was the greasy goals. It was uh, the stuff in front of the net front that, that, that really did them in last night. And it was, it was just, just strange to see a blues team have, have this happen to him over and over again. I want to pick on one more guy and I hate to do it because he's a favorite of the net front and one of the real good guys uh, on the team and in the league, uh, Tyler Bozak is being asked to do a lot uh, right now because we mentioned Thomas has been uh, just hasn't emerged as what they hoped. They're playing shunts on the wing some and, you know, trying to find different combinations to work. And they're putting Tyler in some spots where they're trying to generate offense and also trying to win some faceoffs. And, uh, you know, if you want to pick on the team for one more thing, man, this is a good faceoff team that's getting just just getting savaged at, on the dot. And, uh, and again, overall, Tyler is just in over his head with some of what they're asking him to do at this stage of his career against a team like Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's a guy, as I watch a game, and you know, you, we could all – one of the beauties of hockey, you can watch a game, five guys, and have five different things. He didn't really register that much, his game. So I'm going to kind of rely on what you saw. But, yeah, the face-offs uh, stuff was, uh, was glaring. I mean, it was like uh, – uh, 30% their rate was after one period and they got a little better as the game progressed, but uh, it was just a, a, and that's an aspect of the blues game that you just kind of take for granted. I mean, they're, they're every year and this year is no different. They're one of the best face-off teams in the league and, and it's O'Reilly and Bozak that, that lead the charge, but so many times setting up some of these scoring plays, uh, uh, it, it, it'd be down in the blues D zone. They'd lose the face off. They, they whip it out to the uh, point and boom, uh, there goes the shot, you know, and, and, uh, O'Reilly clearly is the, uh, is the MVP. I, I sent him my ballot to the, the pro hockey riders. I voted for him as for, to win the, the Selkie, but boy, uh, he's had a rough series too. Uh, Landis that hit against Landeskog. What was it? 35 seconds in voided. If ever a play set the tone for a game, that that that, that did. And I'm going to pick on – I'll give you the one visual to pick on Tyler. It goes back to game one when uh, Kale McCarr gave him the old how do you do out there. And, uh, okay. And got onto I do remember that. I do remember yeah. that, Jeff. He gave the old how do you do and then got on his forehand, and then, you know, it was, uh, you know, the result of that. So, yeah, mainly just trying – his inability to generate things was more – the fact that you didn't notice them because there weren't any, any plays happening, you know, and it just, and that's, you know, he's, he does a lot of small things, but they're asking him to try to be a, a catalyst with the way they were using him. And that's just not at this point in his career against a team like Colorado, it's not going to happen. All right. So let's shift to positive things. Okay. Cause we're yeah. killing people. First, yeah. Bozang, I just went, yeah, he, and he's had a very good season when he's healthy, but he, he looked like he was 35 years old. Uh, oh, our play. Right, so young legs, a couple of young guys. Let's uh, talk about Jordan Cairo. You know, this is this is the uh, Jordan Cairo Doug Armstrong's been waiting for. He can skate with the the lanch. He can back the lanch up uh, off the blue line, off the rush, and now he's actually looking to shoot. 
Um, and and he's also uh, mucking it up a bit along the wall. I wouldn't say he's better. Right. Yeah, he's doing better, much better. He's kind of he's kind of getting it that this is kind of how, how you have to play to to really make an impact in the league. And you know, the chief gave him uh, certainly leaned on him, just gave him every chance in, in game two to try to make a difference. And that's yeah. not, that's a long way from where uh, he was with the chief earlier this season. Yeah, and that may be uh, that may be one of the most uh, when all is said and done, one of the most encouraging things about the season is the emergence of Jordan Cairo. And you're right about the uh, and the but Ruby mentioned it last night. They uh, and it's kind of a constant thing. And you know, one we we talk about it about uh, maybe they're they're looking for the perfect shot. The lanes some occasionally some of the Blues look like they they don't want to shoot. Jordan Cairo doesn't have that problem. They have only six shots on goal in the. Uh, uh, first period, and Cairo had three of them. I mean, there was a play where Thomas had a, had a good look, not an all-time look, past the puck. And okay, maybe you could say in theory it was it was it was a good thing to do, but but Sanford didn't have a stick down, and the puck went went right by. Where shoot the puck, maybe shoot it low, and you can get a rebound. Grubauer left a a few uh, <clears throat> kind of fat rebounds, but the uh, the Blues didn't have anyone. <clears throat> excuse me, charging the net. To get it, there was another play. A, a guy, Sammy Blay, is normally he's he's not shy about shooting, and 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 he passed the puck when he, when he should have shot it. So they, that that happens far too often with these guys. But uh, yeah, you're right. Kyrie's not one of them. Another guy who's not afraid to shoot, sometimes to his detriment on those block shots that go the other way. Vince Dunn, and you know he, we haven't seen him in the lineup, but they they need more guys like Kyrie. You got you got to be. A, this, this should be a, you know, it's a game of aggression and they, they, they lack some aggressiveness on uh, offense and boy, the, the avalanche don't, and it's not just their skating. They have a little bit of that Vegas in them, you know, Vegas just sent it to the net, sent it to the net. And uh, that's kind of what happened on blaze goal, which sparked the, you know, terrible angle looked like impossible angle, you know, goal line extended. He just flips it in there and it, uh, it wiggles his way uh, past uh, Grubar. Yeah, and I got to give a shout, shout out to Sammy again, a favorite of the net front, a favorite of Jim Thomas. Um, he, uh, the game got a little more robust, and uh, the Blues uh, on the from the Blues side, they started playing the body more, and uh, which is up Sammy's alley, uh, playing a thick game, <laughs> a heavy game <laughs> on guys, and uh, and and he does score the goal, and so you know and. You know, he got down to the team like uh, in Kyle Clifford, another guy I'll give a shout out to, very noticeable, banging around, trying to throw pucks at the net, trying to, you know, trying to sustain pressure. So it wasn't like a complete, uh, you know, they didn't just put a postage stamp on this. There were guys trying to make a difference. And and uh, and I think this was, um, I don't know if Sammy's getting over the hump, but I think this is whatever, this is, this is a valuable time for Sammy. He'll be yeah. an important player. Uh, in these remaining games, if, if you can stay on the ice, because, uh, you know, they, they, they need body contact. They need physical play. They need pucks at the net. And these are things Sammy can do. Yeah. And I, I think last season and this season, Sammy's looked on the, appeared to be kind of on the verge of really getting his footprint in the league. And then he always gets, uh, he, he always gets hurt, but uh, uh, you know, he, he's got, He's not a fast skater, but he's got some elusiveness, uh, pretty strong on the puck, a good passer. And, uh, yeah, he'll hit you. I just, uh, can I, can I go on a, just a little personal, I guess, aside and, and beef, I, I, you know, the hits in terms of how they keep stats, isn't one of the most precise 
<laughs> numbers, I would say. Now at Vegas, it's amazing because I sit right in front of their staff crew and they're fantastic. Uh, I can hear the guy, okay, hit number third, uh, number three, Jeff Gordon or, or whatever. And they, they have a guy just eyeballing it. And it sounds like another set of eyes backing him up saying, no, that was, that was number five, uh, Timmerman. And so when Vegas says 41 hits, and, and I, which they had for the Blues in one game, they had 41 hits. So long way around, I'm looking at the stat sheet for Monday's game. I'm watching that game and I'm like, wow, Sammy is hitting everything that moves tonight, which he didn't do when he returned from his injury in the regular season finale. I think he was just being cautious. Anyway, he's on the stat sheet in uh, Ball Arena with the Stan Kroenke staff crew for one hit. Like, in what universe did Sammy Blay have one hit? I would have been less surprised if it's they said he had 11 hits. But anyway, all right, I'm, it's just stats. <laughs> NHL stats. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, you know, you're – you know, when they're shorting your guy, Sammy, now, he's your, you know, he's, he's right. a Jim, Tom, Jim right. Thomas guy. And uh, he's he all is, of he guys. is, he's one well, of my we guys. We love Sammy. Yeah, we do. So, it's, um, so when you look at it, see, I try trying to be more circumspect about what happened this year and what is happening. I think, uh, and I, I go back to the cup year when the Blues for half a year looked like they were too slow to keep up in the modern NHL. Then they got into sync and everything started to come together with the, the chemistry of guys being in the right place at the right time. And they were able to play faster. They're not, they weren't fast, but they played faster than they were. I kind of mm-hmm. look at this group the same way. Well, physically, this team is, you know, physically it's faster team and it's probably playing faster, clearly not as physical. Now, mm-hmm. is this not capable of that? Or is it just the circumstance of them not working together to put themselves in position to smother the team, to, to get on people, to, to get on the forecheck. They're not there on time. They're not where they're supposed to be. They're not, they're not working in concert. They're behind the play and, and they're caught chasing versus uh, getting on people. It, I think there's an element of that. I, I do think they're going to need to change up the defensive core chemistry and, and bring in an, a, a more defensive minded guy into the mix. And I think our guy Nico needs to play uh, and learn because he fits the model. But to me, I think Jim, a lot of it is, you know, they can be, they can play less physically than they're capable of. I think this team can, I'm not saying this team can play, you know, just uh, be a bulldozing team with physical play, but I think it can be a lot more than we've shown than they've shown. They just mm-hmm. been out of sorts. You know, they're just, yeah. you know, yeah. they keep talking you know, about I, being connected and all that. I no, And I, I agree with you. What you were the, the latter part of your question, when, when the Blues are on their game, they can play anybody, even Colorado, and they don't look slow. The Blues didn't look slow. And, again, maybe, you know, Colorado's up 3-0, although it got closer. Maybe Colorado just, you know, takes their foot off the gas a little bit. But when the Blues are on their game, they don't look slow. But I, I think at the end of the day, this isn't – and the Barubi style, it's a tough system to play. It takes tremendous amounts of hard work. I don't think – it goes back to the forecheck. I don't think this is as hardworking of a team as we saw last year, as we saw in the cup year. I mean, you've got to want a forecheck, you know, that's more will than skill. And, and, and I'm not animating in any way that these guys are a bunch of dogs and they don't care. They, they care, but some players just aren't quite the fit. Like you mentioned, Cairo, he's going down that path. I mean, he, he, he wants to do more of that. I think Cairo really wants to be, 
uh, a good player, although he's, he, you know, he's got that scores instinct and there's not, nothing wrong with that. But boy, when you, when you have both of them, then, then you've got something special Hoffman that, you know, we talked about the tease with Hoffman is what a shot uh, and boy, they need that offense, but he, and you know, there, there's been times when he's been more with the program, but he's not, you know, he's not, he's not very physical at all. Uh, Tarasenko, when he's engaged, he'll get physical, but we, we, we haven't seen a, a, a whole lot of that. So maybe not enough guys. And I don't know, buy-in's the right word, but just the whole forecheck, the whole mentality that you have to play uh, this system for it to work. Just it's, it's, it's not at the level that uh, it was uh, even last year. Well, I think if you, if you use like a basketball analogy, if going back to your days of covering uh, the, the storm and Norman and the, the group, uh, you can have a really athletic team. That's crappy at, uh, at pressing. They can be quick and long and all, and they can be terrible mm-hmm. at it. And you can also have a team with sort of average athletic ability, but because of their reading, their ability to read the play, um, to execute the trap as designed, to read the play uh, instinctively, to want to do it, and to mm-hmm. make the effort to, to be there, they can be very effective. And that's kind of where we are with 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 this team. You know, it's just um, you got to want to do it. I, I'm going to single out somebody, and I was kind of shocked to, and this has been a career pattern with them, but. You know, Robert Thomas almost never hits anybody and almost never blocks a shot. Now, he's got the speed to get on people, and he's got the speed to get out on a shooter. He's got the speed to get on the forecheck. He's got the speed to, to, to get in on a D-man and try to separate him from the puck. And he, well, he's got the speed to hit with leverage. He's not a big guy, but he can hit with leverage because he's also put on a little muscle too. Almost mm-hmm. never he gets a hit, even if not counting what they, they don't count in Colorado – just a, a league-wide, the guy never hits anybody, never blocks a shot. And yeah, yeah. he's got to be more engaged, and he never shoots the puck either. So you talk about a guy playing empty minutes, and we get to hate to pick on him because he's young, and I, you know, I hope his family's not you know, listening to the net front and becoming concerned here with our attitude. But, boy, there's a guy. If, if, he, could, if he could engage and add all right. those elements, yeah. you know, I, I think Hoffman's kind of a lost cause. He is who he is. He's going to move on as a free agent, but – you know, and the guy was showing signs, but Robert's not. And Robert's, Robert's yeah. got, he's got, this was, uh, and again, some injury problems this year, unfortunately for Thomas, but this, this was a step back. And from your comments, boy, I don't know. I don't know if I want to look at that Robert Thomas grade when your final uh, report card comes out, but you know, also you mentioned those points about the, uh, the, the hitting and, and the four check. I thought he was better last year on the wall battles, you know, on the puck battles in the corner and whatnot. I, I don't really see that either. So then when you come down to it, then you come down to tremendous passer, very good skater. And then what, you know, you you need more than that. And, And that's the frustrating thing because I think he's got the ability to do more than that. And he got bigger because he, you know, and he still got hurt, but he got bigger and stronger without really, I don't think, losing his skating ability because he wanted to be more durable and all that. He worked on his shooting last year. Uh, I mean, in, during the off season, during the uh, the, the long off season. But uh, and and Baruby's mentioned it. You know, I'm sure what you're saying about him. I'm, I'm sure he's probably heard it from Baruby. Oh, I bet it's come up once or twice, you know, and you've got Steve out of the bench. who was all about all those things, right? Steve, I was about getting hits. Steve, I was about getting pucks on the net. Steve, I was about blocking shots. You know, Steve, I had a hell of an NHL career doing those things. 
And, mm-hmm. and Thomas is, is, is a, an odd-sized guy with, with plus skill who could do all the things that Steve did and then, and then some, right? So uh, I would imagine <laughs> – I bet there's been some conversation uh, there as well. So uh, as we wrap up, you know, we got to – I guess you got to give a shout-out to the, to the Lance, JT. I mean, Cadre aside, unfortunately, Cadre's had a career of, the, of history of doing bad things, and that unfortunately reflects on his team. But I look at Kale McCarr and his wheels, and I look at McKinnon now that he's back to full speed, and I look at Rantanen, who's a moose who can skate, and I look at Landis Cog, who's just the, the very picture of sturdiness with skill. I'm impressed. I mean, if that team – you know, Joe Sackick said that this is our year – Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It would not be a surprise to anybody who watches this team play. I mean, my goodness, the numbers they put up this year, you know, wow. And then when they can play at home, when they got the last change and you can't match up and good luck, good luck. To sometimes, everybody. Yeah. Sometimes you, it's just gotta be the, uh, the old stick tap. I mean, hats off to uh, the avalanche. I, I, I gotta say they're, a, they're a fun team to watch. And I remember Louis Cork and I talking to McKinnon, in the uh, locker room, you know, McKinnon and Shen are, are really good friends and they, they, uh, they, they, they have a golf outing in the, in the off season and whatnot. And just tell them McKinnon, man, you are a fun player uh, uh, to watch. And they are, they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch. And this is a series where their top players are performing like uh, top players. And we're, we're not, we're not quite getting that from the blues. Yeah. When you're averaging, Three and a half goals a game. Yeah, you've, you've, uh, you, 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 in this day and age of, of hockey, yeah, you, you, you're doing some things, uh, right. And they're, you know, their defense isn't bad. What, what do you, what do you, and I know we got to go, but Grubauer, he's, he, he's, been, he's been pretty good, man. This is a, this is a career year for the guy. I mean, he, he's been pretty stout in this series. He's been a good goaltender. The hard part for him has been staying healthy. Of course, you know, last year was just a disaster for the Avalanche. And, and uh, they lost both their guys. And, uh, and this year they're working a tightrope because, you know, they've lost the backup. They've had, had to summon additional backup help. But, no, he's, he's played well. Maybe he leaves a few rebounds. You could argue that maybe you could beat him on the glove side. You could say that about a lot of guys. But, man, he has made some saves at key times. You know, he's made those timely saves. And, in fact, they got, got him a couple times. And you said, like you say, in loser hockey isn't going to bother Philip Grubauer. And you he stays healthy and he's got the confidence. You look at his numbers. He, he's got to be feeling pretty good about himself right now. He, I don't think there's a yeah. whole lot of self-doubt in his mind. If you look at, you know, cause he just hasn't given up much all year. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence as I've, I've learned here in the, in the hockey world is, uh, is a very key thing to have regardless of what position you play. And right now, Colorado, a very extremely confident team, the blues, uh, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. Well, that's Jim Thomas. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the Netfront Presence. A reminder that all of our podcasts can be found on our website, stltoday.com. Uh, you can find our podcast on our stories that often are inserted into our stories. If you uh, have, have a favorite podcast app, you can find us there as well. Tell your friends about it. Um, if you hear this and you want to tell your friends that they want to hear an uplifting podcast, and they haven't caught this edition, you might warn them that, well, you know, we, we, we didn't pump a lot of sunshine today here on the net front, but there wasn't much sunshine to be found. So uh, hopefully we'll have a better uh, chat next week. Um, otherwise, we'll be breaking down the season that was. But for, uh, for Jim Thomas, I'm Jeff Gordon. We'll have Tom Timmerman back next week. Until next time, see ya.